Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley. Welcome to Thread, Season 3, Episode 28. Thread is God's Word, tying together all the pieces of your life as a person in ministry, whether it's informally or as a vocation. In Season 3, we're moving through 2 Corinthians, and today's Thread covers Chapter 12, verses 11 through 21. And it's going to be about the mindset you need to have before you enter into a helping profession or a helping lifestyle so that you can stick with it and do it well. Because Christian ministry is essentially something like parenting. You know, God introduces himself to us in the role of a father, and he tells us to relate to him that way. So it makes sense that those who serve the Lord to help him in his ministry to the world would be somehow involved in the fundamental aspects of parenting. Sherry and I actually wrote a book recently, which is available on Amazon, called Simple Parenting. And it's about um, the, the lessons we've learned from parenting six kids. And we wrote it actually for our kids so that they have a codified doctrine of parenting from us so they know how we raised them. They had an experience of it, but they might not have really, because they weren't parents themselves, you know, we want them to get the point of why we did what we did. And, uh, and we're hearing from other people that the book's helpful to them, and, and I think it'll be helpful to you. But even before we get into anything in the book about, you know, how to or why this or our whole logic of parenting, uh, we start with an, with a, an entire chapter just about the first principle that you've got to get in your mind before you can be a parent. Uh, before you get any ideas about what's the right way to parent, there's a principle that you've got to grab this and come to grips with it. And it, for us, it was worth a whole chapter. And that principle is parenting is not fair. And by that, we mean parenting is not an equal exchange between two people. It's not that uh, I'm going to give you 10 bags of love and you're going to give me back 10 bags of love. And I'm going to work 10 hours and you're going to work 10 hours. And I'm going to put, uh, you know, this level of effort and you're going to put exactly that much level. And I'm going to be devoted to you and you're going to be devoted to me at exactly the same level. And people who think parenting is just like that, they, they're not going to do very well at it because they got the wrong mindset. They think that parenting is something to give to them. You know, oh, I want kids so I will be happy. I want kids so I will feel fulfilled. And there's even in you know I've been we've been ministering and living among the poor for 35 years. And the first thought, if you want to help people get out of poverty, the very first thought you have to attack is a parent's thought that a child is a financial asset that these kids need to to make money for me, give money to me, because that is uh, a belief that's in all poor countries and all poor societies. And you, you don't understand the need to invest in your child for the sake of your child's life, believing that the future, you're investing for the future. And you believe your child will love you and they will take care of you when, when you really, really have to be taken care of. But, you know, not when they're 16 years old and 18 years old. Um, they need they need to get out and get strong in their career first. Anyway, I'm on a sidetrack. But the point is, parenting is not fair. It is it is not a two-way relationship. It is It will be, but initially it is a one-way relationship. 
You give birth to a child who doesn't know you. You've been waiting nine months for them, maybe years. Uh, and you do everything for them. You, you become like their servant in the earliest days and you love them. You give to them. They don't necessarily give back to you at the same level and they probably never will. Uh, that's just the truth about parenting. Uh, even for them to give back, you usually have to enforce initially. Well, no, all along the way, you have to enforce them giving back. That's called chores. And you have to, they don't usually make a list of their own chores and everybody jumps out of bed and runs to do all these. You teach them to do that. You teach a child to give you back. You teach them to say, I love you. You teach them to give hugs and kisses. You know, and we need these things, so good, you know, teach them. And they need it too. But the point is, um, parenting is wonderful. It is like, it's the most satisfying thing when I'm, you know, when I'm gone from this world in my last hours, I'm certain uh, one of the two or three things I'm going to be the happiest about in my life is that I, I am a parent. And what parenting has been and what our children are and the hope we have for the future and the wonderful moments that we continue to have with our kids because we see our kids a lot and their children too now. And just the, the wonder of the whole thing, watching them live life and going through all the ups and downs and the, you know, the highs and lows of it all. It's beautiful. Uh, but it is, um, it also has had its moments and in a similar way, shepherding and nurturing and giving care to God's children has amazing moments. You know, it, it is truly uh, a beautiful way to invest your life energy. You have some moments that are just sublime and you have some encounters that are profound and you just sit back after them and just ponder, you know, some poignant, just touching moments where you get to live a hundred lives and deal with life and death and heartache and joy and uh, rebirth and walk with people out of addictions. And, uh, you know, there's, there's the beauty of ministry. And some people give you massive love back. I mean, too much. You know, they give and give and um, financially. They give you things and they honor you and they speak well to you. I used to have a this sister in my first pastorate, and she would, <laughs> Sister Frances, she went on to be with the Lord. She was kind of older lady, but she would, she was Jamaican, and she would come into my class, and I'm teaching a class on Sunday morning, and she would walk up to me, and she like had her hat on, and the whole church dressed for church, you know, and she, she would interrupt my class, and she knew she had the authority to do it, and she'd walk over to me, and she'd give me a big kiss, and she'd say, Pasta, you look so lovely today. You look lovely. You're handsome, man. You're handsome. You're a man of God. And then she'd just like speak and bless, speak into me and bless me and encourage me. And then she'd just wheel around and leave. And, uh, you know, big love. Some people give you so much honor and speak well of you. And ministry can be truly rewarding in so many different ways. But generally, you never get full credit in this life for how diligently you serve other people. And there are always some people, you know, there's always somebody that has to give you their opinion on your weaknesses and someone who speaks unkindly about you to other people. And I guess if the church is a body, then these people are at best the armpit. Um, and so in this lesson, Second Corinthians, we're 
uh, chapter 12, we return to a discussion of these people because these people are the ones who cause thousands to leave the ministry every year and never look back. You know, when uh, it's alarming, the the back door on people serving in ministry and how many of them leave every single year. And it's almost never about anything except conflict, conflict with some just jerky people who they just got problems, you know, and it, and it's part of that is probably that those who serve in ministry don't expect this to happen and aren't very good at conflict and knowing what to do with it. But they just get so, you know, like you're you're serving with such a sincere heart and you just you just lose heart. And it, it's even the thing that I see the devil do a lot is when you've got somebody, I think uh, the, the wives of ministers get attacked a lot because like he'll be, you know, he's on task and he is he's pushing and then this side attack will come and, and maybe he's got this really sweet, soft hearted wife. And then somebody will just say the meanest thing to her uh, or about her. And it's like she just gets so crushed by it. So then it pulls her heart out. And now he's, you know, he's, he's double-minded because he, he just wants to protect his family and protect his wife. And yet he knows he's got this, th- this mission and it, that it's working and that this is just a spiritual attack. And, you know, I'm so grateful when couples do these things together and they both understand what spiritual war is going to be and you are going to be attacked and you're going to have to stick with it. You're going to have to push through it. Um, you know, you've got to learn to deal with parenting is not fair. Ministry is not fair. It's a one way. It's giving, 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 giving. Do you get back? Absolutely. You get back, but you can't count that. You can't go, I'm giving that. I ought to be getting that. That's where you start to break down. It just has to be you give and you give and you give and it's an inner motivation and you've got to have it or you quit and don't quit. We need you. But sticking with it requires a mindset to prepare you for the marathon that life is family life, work life, ministry life. You know, it's about an inner motivation. You can't do life expecting other people to do their part for you, expecting others to boost you up others to reward you. You have to do what you do because it's true to you. You know, it's your life path. So choose what you do and do with all your heart. You know, I don't do, I don't do the work I do in missions out of guilt. I don't do it for pay. I don't do it to see the world. I don't do it for the adventure of it. You know, Sherry and I are in Asia out of our convictions and it has benefits for sure. And it has costs for sure. But, you know, we all have to do what we do from within because it's an urge within us uh, because, you know, it fits who we are because our value system demands that we do it because it's true to us. It's true to our story. It's true to our character, like who we are in this big story of the world. I have a place in it and I have to play my role and I have to play it because I want to. And I do it with all my heart. You know, we do what we do for the Lord. If I ever felt I was simply the employee of a church, golly, I could not do this. I was called into it. I gave my life to Christ because he bought me and he gave everything to me. And then he tapped me one night, my first year of college. I was in college thinking to become an attorney. And the Lord spoke to me and said, walk away from that. And I want you to serve me in another way. And I knew I'd be taking care of his people for the rest of my life. And it's uh, it's something he taught me my very first year of 
even when I wasn't doing ministry except, you know, among students mm-hmm. trying to find people I could minister to uh, and trying to be a ministering presence around people. But I learned that uh, it is the way I love the Lord. A lot of people get the idea that, you know, people are a hassle and people are the problem. Ministry, I heard somebody say this, and he really should have gotten out of ministry. Ministry is great. It's just the people who are the problem. Well, I don't know what he was talking about. Well, I kind of do. He likes preaching, and he likes people watching him preach. But ministry is people, and ministry is loving God because we want to say, oh, yes, I just love the Lord. People are a problem, but I love the Lord. Well, then the Lord is your imaginary friend because who does, you know, what does the Lord really need from us? We don't have to do anything for him. He doesn't need anything. He is the God who makes all things. People need, and the Lord uses us as his hands and lips and as his wallet and as his table, and we provide food and money and hugs and counsel and encouragement and painting people's houses and helping them get out of debt and all the different things that he has us doing in the lives of people. And that's how you love God. It's like a bounce pass. You know, if you want to get love to God, you can't pass it straight to God. You got to bounce it off a person. And Jesus said, you know, you visit somebody in the hospital, you visit somebody in jail, you visit somebody who's broken and poor, you're visiting me. And, you know, it's a clear understanding from him. That's how you love God. So, you know, we're, we do the ministry to love God. And it's primarily spiritual parenting. And parenting is a lifetime calling. And it usually starts with a sleepless first year, then an exhausting second year, second year chasing a child that doesn't want your authority. And then it steadies out if you do well for that uh, for about a decade. And then you enter teen years and all that drama. And then you're the parents of an adult child. And that's a whole new thing. And it's a complex weaving of days and events and these magic moments and then those tearful, gut-wrenching conflicts and often receiving abuse from your own child that you do not deserve. And you just don't know how well you did until they're adults. Because cute little kids with neat hair, you know, standing up in front of the class reciting the Declaration of Independence, that's not an indication that you've mastered parenting. In the end, this is my take on it, in the end... Ministry and parenting, all of it. It's all about connection. You have to build a connection between you and the one you're ministering to. And if that's your child, you know, I got to build a connection with my child while they're small. And it's got to be so tight that it will cause this child to follow me and to be open and honest with me and later to be friends with me and to listen to me and for me to listen to them as they honestly communicate with me. And that's what a ministry relationship is like. I've got to build a connection. It's the first bonding is the first principle in ministry. And I've got to build this connection between me and the other person that will cause them initially to follow me, to be open and honest with me, to listen to me later, to be my friend. And I will listen to them too along the way because they've got a lot to teach me too. And this kind of connection, it takes time and it takes energy. But if you do it right, It will stand all the tests of life. And that's what this passage is about. Verse 11, Paul says, I am disappointed in you guys. You should be defending me against these jerks, those fake apostles who just want your money and they just want your attention and they're pulling me down and they're hurting me and they're saying mean things about me. And you should be defending me. That's verses 11 through 
13, he says, how have I ever hurt you? You know, you look at the life I've lived among you. I've done everything that an apostle should do in their ministry. Uh, Verse 14, he says, and I'm coming to visit you again. And you know, my motives are pure. I am not going to ask you for money because I don't want your money. I want you. Verse 14 says, Children are not duty-bound to lay up store for their parents. It is parents who do this for their children, verse 15. And I will most gladly spend myself and be utterly spent for you. Even, verse 15, he said, even if the more I love you, the less you love me back. You know, that he's just he's just opening his heart. But they've got a relationship that can take talk this honest. Paul says, you not being there for me. I've been there for you all these years. And these guys are speaking evil of me. And you know, that's a good point. We have a responsibility to support good people. And when critics attack them, and especially if in doing that, they undermine, they undermine their function as leaders, we have a responsibility to stand up for our friends and stand up for people that we know are good people and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And Paul says, stand up for me. Why do I have to fight these people? You should be doing this for me. And he tells him, verse 15, even though the more I love you, it seems like the less you love me. And he goes on now and he just he just lays it all out. He defends the pattern of his life among them. He says, how have I ever hurt you? Verse 17, have I ever taken advantage of you? Have I ever used you just to make money out of you? You I think things like uh, uh, not to attack multi-level marketing as a kind of business, but yes, to attack it viciously when it tries to move inside a church and use a church as it make Christians into merchandise. And even worse, those who are in spiritual positions of ministry, using the people as their downlines, it's not right. It's a conflict of interest. And Paul says, you can't do stuff like that. He said, I haven't done anything like that. I never used you for money. He said, point it out if I ever did it. Verse 17, have I ever taken advantage of you one time? Have I ever just used my relationship with you to make money for myself? And he knows the answer is no. And then, and I love that he does this, into verse 17 and into verse 18, Paul says, and not just me, my guys, the people in my team who have served with me in serving you, Titus and the others, have any of them ever abused you from the role of leadership that God gave us among you? And he knows that he knows the answer. He knows his guys. And it brings it down to verse 20 and 21. And this passage kind of ends in a, a somber tone. Paul says, verse 20 and 21, I'm really dreading my next voice, my, my next visit to you because I'm coming. You know, remember this letter came about because he didn't show up at a meeting because he thought it was just going to be too much. He had already been to one and it turned so ugly. And then they rescheduled like a second meeting and he just didn't go. And so now he says, I'm coming to this one. This is the third visit. I am coming to deal with this thing, but I'm a good dad and I am not going to let this just slide. I'm not just going to come there and talk nice because there's stuff among you. There's people among you who are poisoning This circle, our family is getting messed up because these people are in it and they don't have any, you know, they don't have any business 
it's like outsiders moving into your house and they're just there to, you know, like introduce your son to pornography and try to hurt your children and you get them out. Stop being nice. It's family. You got to draw the circle. And Paul says, I'm the gatekeeper. This is part of being a dad is I'm a gatekeeper. And he says that I am going to verses 20 and 21. Paul says, when I get there, I'm going to deal with this. And then secondly, he says, and I'm going to weep all the way through it. And it's going to drain me emotionally. And I guess that's a good place to wrap this up because ministry, like parenthood, when you do it well, it's an emotional thing. It's got massive emotional rewards, but it's also emotionally draining. It is, a, it is something you do because it's in your gut. It's in your heart. It is, you're not this cold, you know, distant sort of pharmacist relationship with people. You get your lives tangled up together. And that's both the reward for doing it, and it's also where the pain comes to you. But you can't have the one without the other. It's like wanting to love people and not possibly being hurt by them. You can't. You have to be willing to be hurt to love. And love is enough reward for itself. I don't think that we should do our ministry believing that this will be this going to be like sad, hard duty. And then in the future, sometime I'm going to get this great reward, maybe in the by and by. I think your ministry has to reward you today. I think you've got to find it rewarding. And the things that you do in your ministry to other people, you need to go slow and enter into it. You know, like say, if you go to visit somebody in the hospital, don't just like bust, you know, wheel in a parking lot, squealing, run in the hospital and go, all right, I'm going to be out the door in five minutes. You go, hey, 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 and you say these nice words and pray for people and leave. That's a big moment in their life. I mean, especially if this is traumatic or if they're convalescing and they're going to have to be there for a while, there's a quietness sometimes in that room if you can get that stupid television turned off uh, and go in and you can have some moments with people. You can talk about some things you'll never get a chance to do again. There's just these these pregnant opportunities for engagement with people that can take you at such a deep level and you can do really good work. You can encourage them. You can help them root things out of their lives. You can uh, boost them up. You know, there's just all this stuff and it's beautiful. I love ministry. can't imagine not ministering to people. I mean, I don't pastor a church. I haven't for hmm, about eight years now, uh, after 20 years of every Sunday, but I'm loving this and I'm still ministering. And I've still got, you know, a flock of people that I'm taking care of and, and me and Sherry are taking care of because ministry is not about a profession, occupation. It's a role. It's a spiritual role that God will place you in. And I hope that's why you're listening to Thread, because you feel called into the care of souls and you want to take care of other people. All right. Uh, that's all we've got for this uh, episode of Thread. And please, uh, if you're enjoying this podcast please do just one thing for me. Go into the show notes and click subscribe. If you do that, you'll get the episodes automatically. But also, when the book of 2 Corinthians is finished in our study, which is pretty close, uh, we're going to launch into something totally different. And I want to be able to talk to you about that, and I need your email address to do that. So please subscribe, and uh, we'll take you to the new place with us. Thanks. This week, expect God to use you. You're the light of the world, so shine light.